Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. Hey, great to see you. You made it out. It's snowing. You made it. It's not snowing. It was snowing. I didn't know if we were going to make it out of our new driveway, uh, but we did. It's gravel. It's mud. It's nasty. Um, Trush was ready to come bring me in his helicopter if I needed it, though. Uh, it's really good to see you guys back after um, Christmas break. If um, you don't know, I am Derek James Roy III, one of the staff folks here at CCF. I've been here for a long time. Uh, one of the things we do is um, gather here on Sundays to um, sing together, to pray, to center ourselves um, around the center. Uh, we do that through um, the scripture, through listening, through attending um, to each other and to God's voice inside. Um, so we're really glad that you're here uh, to join us with that. Join with us for that. Um, I have one um, final announcement uh, before we move on. Um, it relates to that. It is this. If you're new at all to CCF, if you just transferred here, um, if you're a freshman and you just kind of came around a little bit uh, first semester to CCF, or if you've just been um, like itching to ask a staff member a question, anything like that. Um, we're going to host a lunch, a real informal lunch um, with the staff, with a couple of students, our student interns, um, at the CCF house. And we would love for you to come over, um, just have lunch with us, get to ask anything you want, see around the CCF house, find out more about spring break or other things. Um, so if that's you, if you're new in any way, and that's like totally your definition, um, then just come on over to the CCF house right after this, and uh, we'll be there. Any questions? <clears throat> this semester, um, Reed mentioned this on Wednesday if you were here, uh, but we are going to be centering ourselves uh, scripturally in the Psalms. So a lot of that's going to be on Wednesdays, uh, but we'll have a sprinkling of Psalms sermons here um, on Sunday mornings, and it will uh, inform the rest of the way that we walk through the semester um, with a, a joint fast um, coming up that we'll get psalmic with. And there will be um, readings of psalms throughout the semester. If you come to morning prayer, uh, lots of psalms happening there. Um, so we're excited to share with you uh, in this particular um, book of the Bible, this particular uh, way of getting scriptured. And that's going to happen this semester. Um, on Sunday mornings, it's going to happen alongside um, a good smattering of testimonies. Testimony stories. Whoop, smush, okay. Testimonies. Uh, it's going to be mostly um, students in this room, all maybe students in this room. Um, and we've, we've done this um, here and there, usually mixed with other um, sermon series. Uh, but it's just an opportunity for us um, to hear from the horse's mouth uh, stories of um, conversion sometimes. This is people um, like how I came to know and trust Jesus and try to follow him like for the first time. So we have those testimonies of conversion. Uh, we also have, um, for many of us who grew up more Bible belty, like the Jesus was always kind of in the air, whether you were uh, really breathing him in and following him or not. Uh, but for many of us, um, our testimonies are uh, more stories of gradual and continual discipleship. And so um, we'll have um, some of all of that, testimonies of conversion, testimonies of ongoing discipleship. I was talking to Isaiah just a couple days ago. He's up first next week. Isaiah Minner, first testimony. Um, but, but these will um, just be uh, people uh, looking to um, tell us the truth about their experience of following Jesus. Um, hard things, good things, recently learned things, 
long-term uh, trying to learn things. Uh, whatever it is, these will be um, chances for uh, people to um, give voice, give expression, and for us to bear witness to their stories of uh, what it's like to follow Jesus. So um, that should be exciting for the semester. Um, we hope you come out. We hope you join with us in those. We begin those today not with a psalm, but with a testimony. It's one that is called Much As That Dog Goes. I don't really like animals. <coughs> I do like Denise Levertov, though. Let's go! Much as that dog goes, intensely haphazard. Under his feet, rocks and mud, his imagination sniffing, engaged in its perceptions, dancing edgeways. There's nothing the dog disdains on his way. Nevertheless, he keeps moving, changing pace and approach, but not direction, every step and arrival. That's most of a poem by Denise Levertov called Overland to the Islands, uh, but we're going to think of it as much as that dog goes, intently haphazard. And that will be um, our vocational title for our first testimony this morning, just a little mini one, just to whet our appetites um, from me. So it's going to be this. I'm going to tell you... Uh, about vocation as an angle, uh, as a testimony to my ongoing discipleship of Jesus. Are you ready? It begins with a question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Everyone got it? Got something? Okay, turn to a neighbor quickly. Tell them, what do you want to be when you grow up? Okay, that should be good. Let's get um, some, someone to share one. Just yell something out that you said or your neighbor said. Building manager. He's doing it. He's living that dream. That is correct. Somebody else up here, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or what did your neighbor want to be? Marine biologist slash teacher. Those are two different ones. Wow. Um, excellent. Uh, great. Okay, I have a follow-up question. It is this. <coughs> If I were able and willing, and let's say for the sake of argument that I am, to offer you, and I can back it up, 10 million US dollars on the condition that you're no longer going to be a marine biologist, no longer going to be a teacher, you're no longer going to be a building manager, you're no longer going to pursue whatever it is that you want to be when you grow up, or any other job, any other work, you're not going to be anything else when you grow up, okay? You can interpret this question however you want from there. You don't get to have a job. You don't get to do that kind of work. Uh, but I give you right now $10 million, and I say that's the condition. You just you can't do that for the rest of your life. So you got to drop out of school now because you don't need that, and then you don't do that job, do that work. $10 million U.S. dollars. Okay, hold on. Think about it for a second, some of you. Would you do it? Okay. Okay, just, you know, qu quick, just so we can get a feel for the room. Just a quick, like, oh, whatever that means, yes, sign me up. Let's get those hands. And uh, so just 10 million U.S. dollars, just to clarify. Okay. Now, uh, let's get, you know, the other side. Uh, no, whatever that means. Like, no, I don't want that. Throw them up. Oh, my goodness. 
Okay, put him down, put him down, put him down. Um, uh, quickly, quickly. Turn to your neighbor, tell them your yes or no, and just maybe a, just a one sentence, like, what's your rationale? Okay, go to your neighbor. <laughs> Let's go. Much as that dog goes, intensely haphazard. A radiance consorting with the dance. Under his feet, rocks and mud, his imagination sniffing, engaged in his perceptions, dancing edgeways, there's nothing the dog disdains on his way. Nevertheless, he keeps moving, changing pace and approach, but not direction. Every step and arrival. Let's go much as that dog goes. I'll let you um, sit on um, those questions, uh, fight them out over the next week, over the rest of your life, I suppose. Um, I won't give you my answer except to say uh, I got it both. CCF offered me a $10 million signing bonus and let me just keep working here. So it was like the best of both worlds. <coughs> um, I have been a campus minister. I have been learning to become a pastor here for like 20 years now, for a long time. Um, when I was little, I don't think I ever wrote down anywhere college campus minister on what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, and well, grown up or not is what I was thinking. Here I am, anyway. Like I'm, um, I'm here. I'm doing it. I've been doing it a long time. Um, I've been attempting to um, perceive and discern um, the voice of the Lord for what is my role in the world. What are you calling me to? What do I have the freedom to decide among? What are the important things that I need to pour my life, my time, my energy into? Um, what are other things that I'm going to have to say no and cut out in order to be able to do that? Uh, I've been on um, a long time, much as that dog goes type journey, trying to figure that out. Um, I've had um, the great privilege of getting to do that with Tabitha, my wife. We've been married longer than 20 years, um, a long time. Um, we've been trying to figure that out. We now have these three gigantic anchors of weights just preventing us from learning how to do that better, um, which are my townie children. Uh, that's a you know a more semi more recent development, uh, but here we are, and we um, we we keep doing it um, quickly from the my testimonial angle. Uh, I, I've never been too much of a future worrying person, like not not a lot. Like I've been a perfectionist type, a crazy like d terrified of making a mistake uh, through most of my childhood as like uh you know as a as a personality uh, but that's always like for real things like that can only happen in the present and the future i just never it doesn't exist so it never occurred to me to worry about the future that much i was too busy trying to get the now right which is freaking hard enough if you ever try it by the way uh and so when i was little what i would be when i grew up my mom actually has these baby books that she like you know tracked when you were growing up and stuff and so most years, um, gas company worker is in there, because that's what my dad did. So he dug holes for the gas company, and then he was a dispatcher, worked there, whatever. He was a union president, worked a long time, retired when he was 57 or something, and now, you know, works like more than he ever did, flipping houses and whatever. Um, but my dad's a beast. So uh, for when I was a kid, you know, I used to want to be that, and now, like, I would rather have Trush cut my hand off than have to, like, change, uh, screw in anything in my house. Uh, so that was there. Um, you know, I grew up in an athletic, prioritized kind of family world, and I sucked at sports, but I, um, you know, NFL player was on there, NBA player was on there. Um, firefighter, that was there for a while. I remember looking, you know, just like through each year. It was always gas company, and then it was like some other thing that was on there, whatever. Um, 
I never honestly I never thought about it that much like as I got older and I was in high school I was I was focused on you know getting straight A's in all my classes and trying to get a little bit less bad at sports and doing all of that and I never I wasn't one of those people like my daughter has said since the time she was three I want to be a teacher I want to go to Truman and be a teacher and every year she's I know how old she is she's 16 now as of last week, she's 16 now, and she says, I want to go to Truman and be a teacher. And this is like 14 straight years of that. Um, I, d I didn't really have that. I was like, ah, I don't know, kind of like math. Uh, maybe I'll be an engineer. Rala has that. And um, my parents didn't go to college, so I was going to be like the first, you know, the, f the first kid. So they weren't really like driving that, like, you better hurry up and get your admissions stuff in. It was like, hey, keep doing a good job with what you're doing. We, you know, trust that God's going to work things out. And... Uh, so through high school even, it was like, eh, you know, I'll probably go to college, do math, engineering, something. Maybe I'll be a football coach later. Uh, maybe I'll go to seminary because I was always kind of into that. And that was like pretty much it. And then it was like, hey, I guess I'll go to Truman. And when I uh, got the little cards in the mail uh, and I sent in, like, check the boxes that you're interested in. I was like, eh, math, engineering. They didn't have football coach on there, so I didn't check that. And then... I mean, I got my schedule back from Truman and said, major physics. I was like, I, I mean, okay, I guess. I don't know. <clears throat> I was like, I'll go with it until I figure something else out. And uh, never, I didn't figure anything else out. So I have a physics degree, barely. And um, I added on philosophy of religion in the middle of there. Uh, and, my, you know, the, through those early years of college, um, I had a good time. I loved Truman. I loved um, CCF from very early on. Uh, really like came to life doing a lot of CCF things here at school and uh, I still like I wasn't too fixated on like the future what am I going to be what's going to happen uh, so I was like eh, you know being football coach I can teach high school physics I figured out at physics whatever that I could not do anything with physics past like teach high school that would be about it uh, but I had some friends carry me along through we did homework together um, and so I was like I could I could manage um, and it would never it never got too much farther than that Tab and I got married in the middle of college, between our sophomore and junior year of college when we were freshly not 19. Um, we got married because, again, I didn't really worry about the future. So things like, will you have health insurance? And are you going to get a job at Domino's so you can pay your rent? And I was like, yeah, probably. I mean, whatever we need to do, I don't know. Um, so we did that. We did those things. And uh, Tab, I, w I won't do the whole story, but in this story, Tab is a much more like a practically-minded knows how to live in the world kind of person. And I'm like, hey, that sounds fun. Let's play tackle football on Saturday. <coughs> uh, so, t you know, Tab, she helped out uh, a lot here in our new joint life together. And she was like, how about nursing for me? Because it seems like there are jobs for nurses. I was like, yeah, sounds great. Um, so she's been a nurse forever, nurse practitioner now. Uh, but we got married, and I still, like, looking ahead was like, eh, I don't know, probably go to seminary because I just really love to dig in and try to learn that stuff. Uh, and it, it just happened that Joe Belzer, my campus minister when I was here, um, he was like transitioning out of a long time here at CCF and, uh, I worked with him for a couple years, uh, here. No, actually before that, uh, he had, there was another men's minister here who was leaving. And so, uh, they asked me like, Hey, we've been thinking about maybe you should stay a couple of years and like work on staff at CCF with us as a, as a men's minister here. And I was like, Whoa, weird. Never thought about that because that's in the future, and I don't know anything about the future. And uh, I was like, huh, I do love CCF. Like, the, 
my classes were always like kind of third, fourth level priority and like first level. I would put so much time into planning a small group Bible study. Like I led small groups for CCF and I would just be like checking out 10 books from Pickler and devouring that and coming up with everything. And I'd be like, ooh, physics. Eesh. Uh, and so I was like the Wednesday night MC. I was like, they asked me to preach sometimes. Just any CCF stuff. I just, I loved it. Like I, I thought there were awesome people and awesome opportunities for discipleship and all of that. Like leading men's small groups. Uh, mostly just playing sports because I finally got like better at sports. I was like, I have to make up for lost time now. So I'm playing everything all the time. It's what I did for like 15 years. I have no hips now. So they said, hey, why don't you stay on, uh, stay here, stay on, work at CCF with us for a, a few years. And I was like, huh, let me ask Tab. She knows about things. And uh, Tab actually, I was in the sub with Mike Peterson the old men's minister, and Tab happened to be walking through as we were sitting there, and he had, like, just pitched this to me. He was like, oh, Tab, perfect. We were just talking about maybe you and Derek should uh, stay here a few years, and you can, um, uh, he can work at CCF. And she goes, stay here and live in Kirksville after we graduate? No way. That's what she said. No way. And she usually is, you know, right about things. But in this case, um, w it was a new idea for us. It germinated a while. We sat on it that semester. We prayed through it. We talked about it. Uh, and we mutually came around to, hey, why not a couple of years? Like, um, we still had some a little bit of school left to do. Um, so we're going to be here a little while anyway. And it was, why not? I can stretch mine out into going severely part-time, taking like two classes a semester the last while, and I can start working on CCF staff. Um, and she finished nursing and was working here. And so um, we did it a couple of years. And Belzer was like, how about two to three years? And then two to three years was like, how about five years? And then at five years, when we were like going to be deciding again, uh, because, you know, it had come back up. At this point, we're thinking like maybe a baby soon. At this point, we're thinking, what am I going to do with, you know, the rest of my life? What am I going to be when I grow up? And we're getting up to that five-year line. Tab works at the hospital as a nurse. And uh, at that, that point, it happens that Belzer is transitioning out. He's, moved, he's leaving CCF. Uh, and so um, I, I never wanted to be a boss. I never wanted to be in charge. I loved working next to Belzer under the shade of the Belzerian tree where I could just do whatever I wanted to do. And he could worry about all the stuff that needed to be worried about. And I freaking love that. I love Belzer so much. He's my mentor, spiritual father. Uh, so there was never one time did the thought occur to me like, I wish Belzer would leave so I could take over and be in charge and have the boss thing on my desk. That would be awesome. Uh, and actually, so like when that time came, I was like, whoa, no, I'm not. No, no, no. I like, I like what I do, this role. I'm not trying to like have to think about those next level things. I have an earring. This is a, I, I never heard of the Christian church, which like CCF is like a part of until I had preached at several of them. And I was like, wait, these are all related churches. What's going on here? And I was like, this is, I'm 25 or something. I don't think so. And uh, then through the rest of that semester, talked more with Belzer. The staff figured out, like, what is this going to look like? You know, other potential people coming in to replace Belzer. And we got to a point, um, Tab and I again mutually there, where uh, we said, uh, you know what? I freaking love CCF. And, like, I love being a campus minister. And I still love leading the small groups and doing the... The preaching is a little terrifying, but it's like the right kind of terrifying. The, the whole thing. I love working with college students. I'm not, if I went to seminary, I'm not trying to like work at a real church with like grown-ups. That's weird. And it was like, this is actually, I, I don't know what my calling is in the world. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. But for the last five years, I have 
love being here. I love the life that it affords us. Like uh, a Tab and me, I'm still here connected with college kids in that way. And uh, we got to the point where I said, so what would we do otherwise if we did now leave? And I was like, well, I really want to go to seminary. So we'll move to Chicago. I'll do seminary part-time, work part-time. Tab can have some sweet nursing gig to make money for our family. We'll have a baby. We'll try to live in this crowded apartment downtown. Five years from now, or seven, probably knowing me, I'll finish a seminary degree. And then I'll be like, hey, here I am. I'm 33, and now I want a job. Not that job. I don't really want to be at a church. I want... I want the job I used to have that I left. That job was freaking awesome. That's exactly what I want to do. And uh, so I said, oh, maybe um, maybe I, I don't have to go to seminary. Maybe I don't have to know the next step. Uh, maybe what we have been here and are doing, like maybe, I, I don't know the whole future, but maybe now um, we can commit to a longer term. Like let's stay here until something else happens, until we figure out something else. God can call us away but we don't need to every two or three years just keep asking, what is the thing, Lord? What is the thing, Lord? When God is like, hey, check it out. You're doing the thing. It's awesome. It's awesome, isn't it? Uh, <coughs> we went, much as that dog went, intent intently haphazard. Under his feet, rocks and mud, his imagination sniffing, engaged in its perceptions, dancing edgeways, there's nothing the dog disdains on his way. Nevertheless, he keeps moving, things changed, changing pace and approach, things changed, but not direction. I wanted God's heart. I wanted to live well with Tab. We didn't change direction. Uh, every step was an arrival. I can give you like more details and a fuller picture of like how that continued because just because we decided that then, that's 15 years ago now. We've had kids, things have changed. Uh, and yet, um, here we are in, in whatever uh, I can make out of my calling in the world um, for now, for the last 20 years, um, this has been it. Uh, but really this has been, this is a part of it. And this gets to your $10 million job question, okay? My total vocation in the world, I mean, it has a lot to do with CCF and this campus ministry. It does. It's a, it's a big part of my waking, sleeping, dreaming, life, all of that. Uh, but it's it's not the only thing. Um, my wife, my children, that's a part of my calling in the world. Uh, my friends, which because of my life are largely through CCF, the other staff and alum, um, those are a part of my calling for where to put my energy, my time, my prayers uh, in the world. Um, for me, it's it has continued to be like taking a class, that seminary itch that I get to scratch. Like that's a that's a part of my calling in the world. Like learn stuff and try to do better at turning stuff in on time. I'll get there, Conrad. Get there. Year twenty four is going to be better. Those are all things that are a part of my my calling in the world. What God um has in store for me. What He envisions when He sees me in my little orbits of different people overlapping in different spheres. I um, mean, those are all a part of my um, total vocation. And uh, one, one word I have for you here, testimony-wise, um, for you as you consider your own vocation, uh, what's, your, what's your path through life going to be? What's the thing that God's calling you to? Um, a, you can't make straight what God makes crooked. Okay? So l let's go much as that dog goes, intently haphazard. Here, this has changed, that changed. Uh, but um, please, 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 uh, you, you can't flatten 
um, what, what God sees as hills and mountains and rivers and stops and all of that. Um, the, the path that you go on, and for many of you, know you're going to be a teacher and do the things and go through the steps to get there. Absolutely. Please, we need smart people who are like, this thing could lead to a job, and it would be nice to have a job so I can have a house and a family. Absolutely. Uh, j- just know, um, remember when COVID happened? Like, ah, you didn't see that coming, did you? Because the future didn't exist before that, so it wasn't real, and there was no way you could have been prepared for it. Uh, but were you a person who was paying attention in your current life and was living with an eye toward what is it that God's calling me to do now here in my actual life where I live with these people and in these studies saying yes and no to these things? If you were doing that, you were the sort of person you were accustomed to going as that dog goes, um, that, that you could be ready for something new and totally unexpected, right? So as you consider your vocation, um, please, 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 don't try to straighten out what God has made crooked. The crooked's not bad. Uh, Rob Bell said, show me a straight river anywhere. Teeming, life, vitality, real, powerful, long, and patient, and it's not freaking straight. That's your life. That's going to be your life. Um, also, with your vocation, please, 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 don't get so shrunkenly fixated on just the job part. Jobs are cool and jobs are important and like doing work and marine biology and building managing. These are, these are like real things. That's not the total picture. Your life is more than just that, okay? If it's a pie chart, that's like a big slice of pie, but you sleep as much as you go to work, so there's a chunk of the pie, and you got your family and your friends and your other things that God can be calling you to. And so for some of you, maybe that question makes you uncomfortable. What do you want to be when you grow up? You're like, ah. I don't have, like, you know, i got other friends who are like, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a marine biologist. That's cool. That's great. Not everyone has to have that burning desire. And your thing may be, man, you know what I really love to do? Cultivate these little pockets of community, playing, like, board games and praying for these people and having this little slice where, in my life, this is an important thing. And maybe I don't need $10 million to be able to host and facilitate that. And so what's really important for me, I just work whatever job in order to give me the time and space, mental, physical energy to do this other thing that I really like that is important to me. On that note, um, here's something we've, we've screwed up really bad as a culture, as a church culture. The friend part of the pie chart of your life, your total vocation, it's not a freaking given and it's not an optional thing. It's not just like an add-on. Do everything else. And like, yeah, if you have time and you're like a weird seventh grade girl, like try to have a friend. You need freaking friends. You need friendships. This is like we're, we're seeing it play out in, in, our, in our society and in our church culture. Y- you know what takes work? A lot like the work that it takes to, to maintain and cultivate, provide for a family. Doing that with friends. It actually it takes that same kind of work practical scheduling stuff, being willing to push past when you're tired, being willing to sacrifice for other people and to do those things, like maintaining that, that shouldn't be optional. I mean, just as, as, a, as a person, as a Christian in particular, we're a part of the body of Christ, which essentially is a society of friends. This is not your given family. This is not the children you produced only. This is, this is your life in the body of Christ, um, and, and we need each other and need to do the hard work of, of making the space to cultivate those kinds of friendships. Um, please. So th- part of why I love CCF is that that, that is like at the core of, of what we are trying to do here. And we have so many things working in our advantage. Like you all live together in dorms or 0.3 miles away and you have all kinds of overlapping leisure time and most of you not kids yet and all that blah, 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 blah. It's not like CCF is so special we figured out some secret recipe 
Uh, but it is that so many of you um, do see um, the importance, the value you've tasted and seen like a little piece of what it is to be in Christian community with roommates and other people um, and to, to pour yourselves in that like by coming with us on spring, spring break, like by getting into a small group, like um, the kind of like difficult sacrificial work that leads to the good stuff. That's a part of your calling in the world. And I'm, I'm asking you, would you please consider that when you think about the, the total package of your life and what it is that God's calling you to? God's not just going to whisper to everybody, marine biologist. He, he can fan to, fan to flame something in you uh, in, in a friendship. Like, he, he can do that. That's a real part of what he wants to do and what he wants to see in you and through you. Talk to me sometime later about um, that pie chart of, of your calling. The vocational pie chart is tasty. Uh, but first, hear this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The reason we can go as that dog goes, engaged in its perceptions, sniffing, changing pace and approach but not direction, is because our underlying unshakable hope um, is that God What's going to defeat us? What is there to be afraid of? Like we have our concerns, and we have to plot out, and we have to lock our doors, and whatever. Uh, but beneath everything, um, the, the love of Christ holds us up, and encircles, and enfolds us, and propels us ahead. And so we are free to move, free to go, um, in hope. Uh, the vocational story, what do you want to be when you grow up? Would you take this money to not do that? Whatever. Um, all of that... Um, if it's not motivated by and moving toward um, a vision of the absolute goodness of God suffusing every single thing, um, is, it's, it's going to be empty. You're going to spin your wheels. It's going to be, you're going to spiral downward. It's not easy. <laughs> we are being slaughtered is in the middle of this passage, okay? Uh, but in all of that, in life and death, there's, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, that's the, the beating heart. In, in the middle of the vocational tug. So as you do your school, as you consider next steps, as you live your life now with an eye toward faithfulness now as the way toward faithfulness later, um, please, please, please uh, live here. Nothing else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Okay, as a final word, um, would you stand and hear this? Uh, the Apostle Paul got the penultimate word, and here's the epilogue. It's from Frederick Buechner. 
Listen to your life. See it for the fathomless mystery that it is. In the boredom and pain of it, no less than in the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it. Because in the last analysis, all moments are key moments. And life itself is grace. Amen. You can have a seat. Communion folks can head back to help Kiev.